Hey, what's going on everyone? Thanks for tuning in today. Um, I'm gonna hopefully be able to navigate my tech up here. Um, I'm <laughs> trying to get all the, the slides and doing everything all at once. I'm by myself in here today because we wrapped up our series last week. If you've been watching the, the Once Upon a Time in a Bible series, I was kind of doing it at home on my kitchen couch. It was just me recording myself. Uh, and then we're starting a new series today, so coming back in to record in the building with the sound system and the cameras and all of that. And I realized, like, as I'm about ready to come in and start recording, I'm like, I forgot to, since I've been not in the habit of the last month or so of, of scheduling like, you know, someone to come in and run tech. I'm like, I forgot to do that. <laughs> so, um, man, uh, shout out to our tech team, though. They're awesome, and I didn't want to drop this on you last minute, uh, but we'll get scheduled for next week. But I've got my, my devices up here. We're going to make it happen. But we are starting a new series today called Come and See. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, we're going to spend the next couple of weeks culminating on Easter because that's just a few weeks away. Uh, talking about this very simple invitation of come and see. Come and see. It's, it's really the invitation. It's how, it's how following Jesus starts, and it really is the invitation all throughout the journey of following Jesus is to come and see. It's, you know, maybe come and see Jesus for the first time. Whoa. Come and see Jesus for the first time. That's maybe where you're at on your journey. Uh, you know, you, you've, you're not kind of committed to the whole faith thing. Maybe you still got some questions or whatever. You've got some uh, objections, and that's cool. That's fine, but the invitation is just well, come and see. Like, come and, and discover it for yourself. That's a huge part. Like, come and see who Jesus really is. And that can be if you're uh, not a Christian, but also if you are a Christian. Like, come and see who Jesus really is. Like, come see for yourself. Not what someone has told you about him. Uh, not what you necessarily learned about in church. I'm not saying you, you throw out what you've learned in church. Like, that's, that's not good either. Church is good. It's a community where we work through faith together. It's a family. But, I mean... You gotta, you gotta actually see Jesus for yourself. Don't take your pastor's word for it, your church's word for it, your mama's word for it, your grandmama's word for it. Like, come and see like, who Jesus is. And it's also the simple invitation that if you're a follower of Jesus, that's the invitation that we extend to others. Hey, come see, come and see. I'm not gonna try to convince you of anything. I'm not gonna try to argue you into the kingdom of God, which, newsflash, it doesn't work, okay? Like, arguments don't help. Uh, being a jerk to people doesn't help. The invitation is come see Jesus. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at some, um, uh, some, uh, some uh, come and see moments in the, in the Gospels of people who had that experience, come and see, or extended that invitation. And so we're going to read today's passage, and we're going to jump into one of those today. We're going to read all the way through our passage, and then we'll work back through some of it. So uh, we're going to be in the Gospel of John today. The Gospel of John. So we've got four accounts of the life of Jesus. We call them the Gospels. Uh, they are the same story. It's the same Gospel. There is one Gospel, which is the good news about Jesus and his kingdom. Uh, but we have four different accounts or perspectives with some different details included, different audiences in mind. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to be in John's today. Uh, John was an eyewitness, one of the 12 disciples, actually a part of an even more exclusive group known as like Jesus' inner circle, uh, Peter, James, and John. He got to see some things that nobody else did. There was a closeness between him and Jesus. Um, John, like Jesus is who John looks to as he's dying on the cross and says, John, I want you to take care of, of my mom when I'm gone. Um, and so there is just a closeness of relationship between John and Jesus. He's an eyewitness to the life, the ministry, the miracles, the teachings, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And he records an account for us. So why don't we read um, John chapter 1. We're going to pick up in verse 29. We'll read through this and, uh, and then 
and then we'll unpack it a bit. It says, the next day, John, it's a different John than the John that's writing this, by the way. That's John the Baptist. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. And then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen him, and I testify that this is God's chosen one. And the next day, John was there again and two of his, uh, with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. And so they went and saw where he was staying. And they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we've found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. And the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida, and Philip found Nathanael and told him, We found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. It's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree. Before Philip called you, and Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And then he added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open, the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. All right, so we've got this account then of, of Jesus' first followers beginning to follow him. Uh, so we're, we're introduced to a few different guys here. First, we meet uh, two of John's disciples, Andrew and then presumably John who is, who's writing this, the, the gospel writer John. Um, that's most likely who it is because he, he doesn't actually refer to himself by name, but that's what John does throughout his gospel. He never actually names himself. He'll refer to himself as the other disciple or the one Jesus loved. Um, and there, then there's a connection between the two sets of brothers of Andrew and Peter and James and John. So there's a good chance that's who this is. So first we meet Andrew and John uh, and then Peter and then Philip and then Nathaniel. And these guys all start following Jesus, but there's a pattern that emerges in how that happens that I want us to take a look at. It's this idea of, of come and see. It's what it looks like to come and see Jesus and that these guys, they, they see him, like they see Jesus with their own eyes, and then they start to follow him. And then after they've seen him, and, and once they start following him, like the very next thing they do is they invite others to do the same. It's this idea of come and see. And so let's jump back into the text a little bit uh, and, and talk about it. So the first followers, again, that John presents to us are 
two disciples of John the Baptist, Andrew and most likely John who's writing it. And they've been following John the Baptist um, for a little while. And John the Baptist's entire ministry has been about preparing people for Jesus to show up. It's been about preparing the nation of Israel for their Messiah and kind of like announcing uh, that he's coming, the one they've been waiting for. And, and so every day he's out in the wilderness and there's crowds coming to hear him. He's preaching this message of, of repentance, um, which I know is like a loaded religious word sometimes. Um, we often think of like repenting from sin, turning from sin. And that's, that, that, that's a big part of it. That's a, that's a big piece. Um, but it, it just really means to have a change in the way you see things, to have a change in direction, to, to change your mind, to see things differently. And so that's what John is doing. He's, he's announcing to people, hey, like get ready, open up your eyes, change how you're living, what you're doing, how you're thinking, because God is about to do something. He's about to do something in our midst. Uh, the Messiah is, is coming. And so he's preaching that message day after day after day. And Andrew and John, two of his disciples, they're there for it, right? They're hearing it. They're, they're watching it unfold. And then one day, Jesus shows up. Like he, he shows up where John the Baptist is, where the crowds are gathered. Uh, and, and John the Baptist would have known Jesus. They were some sort of cousins. But it's like up until this moment, he didn't recognize Jesus for who he really was. And in this moment, it's like God opens his eyes and John's like, whoa, there he is. So here's what happens. Verse 29 says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And so he sees Jesus come and he's like, whoa, whoa, everybody, look. Look, this is the one I've been talking about. It's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, the one that's going to set things right, the one we've been waiting for, our rescuer, our redeemer, our Messiah. Like, there he is. Look, everybody, the Lamb of God. And then it seems like nothing really happens because the next day, almost the same event plays out again, except this time that the gospel writer John, he kind of zooms in a bit uh, and doesn't focus on, you know, the crowds or the, the rest of John's disciples. They're probably there, but he focuses specifically on these first two disciples of Jesus that we meet. And so here, here's what we read, verse 30, 35. The next day, uh, John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God, and so he says it again, look, the Lamb of God, there he is. There's the one we've been waiting for. It's like, guys, this happened yesterday. It's happening again now. I'm telling you, look, why, why are you still looking at me? Why are you still focused on me? Why are you still here with me? Go follow that guy. Look, the Lamb of God. Guys, don't, don't you see Jesus? Like, don't, don't you see? It's, it's, it's about him. It's always been about him. Do you see Jesus, the Lamb of God? of God, the invitation to follow Jesus, it starts with actually seeing him. And I know that sounds so simple. It's like, well, duh, it starts with seeing him. But like to, to, to really follow Jesus starts with actually seeing Jesus. And I'm convinced that the reason that so many Christians aren't actually following Jesus is because so many Christians haven't actually seen Jesus. Like, we've not really seen him with our own eyes for who he really is. I mean, that's a, that's a question that we've got to wrestle with, that we've got to struggle with, that we've got to kind of take a good, hard look at ourselves and say, well, have I seen Jesus? Have you? 
Like, have you seen the real deal, the genuine article? Like, not, not have you seen church? Have you seen Christianity? Not some generic version of God, whatever that means. Like, like that, well, I believe in God. Well, what does that mean? That can mean all kinds of things. That's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking if you believe in God, but have you seen and do you see Jesus? Like, like, like this Jesus, the Jesus of Scripture, the Jesus of, of Nazareth who walked the earth 2,000 years ago, the seemingly unimportant, nomadic, brown-skinned son of a carpenter who was the son of God. Have you seen him? Like, have you seen the Jesus who, not just with words or ideas, but, but with the way that he lived and his actions was a friend of tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners? Have you... Have you seen the, the guy that opened up the eyes of blind people uh, and raised dead people to life? Have you seen the Jesus who laid down his life naked, bleeding out on a cross? The Jesus who, who conquered the grave and rose in victory. Have you seen him? Have you seen that Jesus? Not an idea about him. Not what somebody else has told you about him. But have you seen the real flesh and blood son of man who occupied a time and space in history? Have you seen him with your own eyes? Like that's the question that we got to ask. Have we seen him or are we settling for something else? some lesser version? Have we got our eyes on the Lamb of God? Are our eyes on Jesus? Or are we seeing church or Christianity or Christian culture? I mean, come on, I, I'm so tired of that version of faith. It is toxic. It is a poison. Cultural Christianity is a poison to the church, to the culture, and to our very souls. It kills us. I mean, I'm like, I'm, dude, I'm not naive, okay? Like, I, I recognize our culture and where we live in our context, small town, rural America. This isn't a scientific study, but there's a good chance if I were to go out and just man on the street, pull people and say, are you a Christian? It's probably like 97% of people would say, well, yeah, of course. Yes, I'm, I'm a Christian because, you know, I, I believe in God and I live in America, so I must be a, a Christian, but I would, I would rather have 3% of people, 2%, 1%, less than 1% of the people who have actually seen Jesus and are following him than have 97% of people that are just doing the culturally Christian thing. And I don't want us to settle for some generic version of I believe in God. I, 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 don't, I want you to see Jesus. I don't want you to see, I don't want you to see me. When, when you think about your faith, I don't want you to think about me. I don't want you to think about our church. I don't want you to see uh, faith, Christianity, oh, hope community. Like, we're glad you are part of our church. But, but we're here to, to, to sit in the John the Baptist kind of role. Not saying that we are John the Baptist, but like to say, look. Like, look, don't, it's not about us. Look, there's the Lamb of God. Look at Jesus. Have we, have we seen him? And, and something happens when you see him, when you actually see him. It's like one of two things has to happen. There's only one of two responses that make sense. If we're actually, if we're being like honest with ourselves, if we're being intellectually honest, one of two things happen. Either I've seen him, not, again, not what other people told me, not, not what, you know, I've been presented by culture of like, well, here's what Christianity is. 
But, but when I've actually seen him and, and I've looked into it and you know, I've, I've read the scripture for myself and I've done the background work and I've, I've figured out who the historical Jesus was and what he's like and, and I've prayed that God would reveal himself to me. And like, when I've seen Jesus, either one reaction is like outright rejection, right? I don't believe it. Like that, that's one, that's, that is a legitimate reaction to say, okay, I've examined everything, I don't believe it. Now, I fall on the other side of that. Obviously, I'm a pastor, so hopefully I fall on the other side of that. I think there's more reason to believe in Jesus than not. But that, that's a legitimate response. The only other legitimate response is, oh, I've seen Jesus. I'm committed to following him now. Because like once you've actually seen him, it's like either I, I'm not buying it, or if I am buying it, oh my gosh, i got to do something with it. Like it, it, is, it makes no sense that we can go, yep, I've seen him but I'm not really going to do anything about that. I mean, I, again, I would argue that if, if, we can, if we can actually find ourselves sitting in a place where we say, I've seen him, but I'm not going to do anything about it, then I don't know that we've actually seen him. It's either outright rejection or a commitment to follow. And, and that doesn't mean you're locked into one of those categories long term. You can, you can be like, no, I'm rejecting him. And then shoot, a year, whatever, two years, 10 years down the road, something can happen in your life or you can research a little more or you can meet some people who show you a different side or whatever and you can go, oh my gosh, I see him now. But like those are the two reactions. That's either no or yeah, I'm committing to follow him. And a commitment to follow, it's not a commitment to perfection. Shoot, a commitment to follow is like, it may be, I don't, I don't have a clue what I'm doing with this Jesus thing. Like I just started and I've got questions and I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow it every single day and that's part of the process. But it's saying, I see you, Jesus. I see where you're at. I'm following you. I'm moving in your direction. And that commitment to follow is actually how the first, uh, those first two disciples that we meet, it's how they respond. Look at this. It says, when the, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. And turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. And so they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent... That day with him, it was about four in the afternoon. And so they ask, hey, hey where, are you, where are you staying? He's like, well, well, what do you want? You see me, now what, what do you want? Well, where are you staying? Where are we going? What are we going to do when we get there? What's it going to be like? And he just gives them a simple response. Come and see. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to answer all your questions right off the bat. I'm not going to clear up all, maybe all of your, you know, wonderings and your fear and you're like, ah, you know, I've got suspicions and I'm still kind of doubtful and what about this and here's an objection. Why don't you just, Jesus is like, hey, why don't you just come and, and spend some time with me and come find out for yourself. Come and see, come be with me, come follow me. Come follow me. And that's, that's actually the pattern. We, that's the invitation that Jesus extends to everybody throughout the Gospels. Just come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. And that's the pattern that we see picked up here by the disciples inviting uh, their, their friends. It's, hey, just come and see for yourself. Just come and see, come and see for your, yourself. And so they go and they spend the day with them because they're like, okay, we just, Jesus, we just want to be where you are. It's as they spend the afternoon with them. And what did they do? What did they talk about? We don't know. John doesn't give us that insight. I mean, I'm sure there was probably a lot of teaching and unpacking of the, like, what they knew as their scriptures, what we would call the Old Testament. Because, again, these guys have been with John the Baptist, and they're like, hey, we've been hearing about you. And Jesus is like probably unpacking, okay, here's the scripture, here's what it looks like, here, here, this is me, this is me. 
And they're learning and they're hearing that, but here's the thing, they're doing it within the context of being in his presence. Because we can open up scripture and we can go, we can, we can learn a whole bunch of stuff, but if we're not doing it with the goal of being in the presence of Jesus, we're doing it wrong. Scripture is not an end in, an end of in itself. It's, it's supposed to, it's like, it introduces us to Jesus. Like the point of the scripture that we have is so that we can see Jesus. And so they're in his presence and they're, they're following him and he's teaching them. And they've seen him. And they're following him. And the very next thing that they do is we see they start inviting others to do the same. Andrew goes right away. And he brings his brother Peter and he tells him, hey, we we found the one we've been looking for. We found the, the Messiah, the Christ. This is who we've been looking for. This is what we've been waiting for. We found him. And it doesn't stop there. There's like a bit of a chain reaction that starts, it seems. The next day, Jesus, they, they go and he finds Philip. And it, it seems like Philip um, likely knows Andrew and Peter. Because John, the author here, thinks it's important to, to give us this little detail and let us know that, oh, by the way, he was, Philip was from the same town as Andrew and Peter, and so there's probably a familiarity there, and so Philip's out, and he sees Jesus, and he sees these two guys that he knows following Jesus, and they're doing their thing, and Jesus is like, hey, Philip, you come follow me too, and he's like, okay, I'll come with you. Let's go do this, and as soon as Philip starts following him, he goes right away, and he finds Nathaniel, and he, and he goes, and he tells Nathaniel, and this is a crazy thing. I think we, we brush over stuff like this. It's a crazy thing. He says, we found the one we're looking for, the one that Moses wrote about, the one the prophets wrote about. Nathaniel, we found what we've been looking for. Nathaniel, you know, the, our whole lives we've spent looking for, for someone. We've been waiting for God to do what he promised to do. We've been looking for it our whole lives. And not just us, our parents were looking for it. Our grandparents, our great-grandparents, our great-great-grandparents. In fact, our people all throughout our history have been looking for, forward to this, and it's happened in our lifetime. What an outrageous thing to say. He says, look, I found, we have found who we've been looking for. It's Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel doesn't, you know, he doesn't just jump right on board and say, oh boy, good, awesome, yeah, I'm in, let's go. Nathaniel's got some questions. He's a little skeptical. Check this out. He responds, says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Can anything good come from Nazareth? I mean, Nazareth was a, I mean, it was a little podunk town, like unimportant in the middle of nowhere. Uh, honestly, if, if, if it's not for like Jesus and, and scripture, no one would know or care about Nazareth. Like it is, it is very, very unimportant. And so there is an aspect where it's like, really Nazareth you know he's just kind of dissing Jesus hometown and certainly the Messiah would come from somewhere more important than that so that, that that's an aspect there but if we we dig a little more and we think about it for a second Nathaniel was a Jewish man he, he would have known his his Bible what we call the Old Testament the Jewish Bible he would have known it inside and out and again, the, the people, they've been waiting. They've been waiting for the Messiah. And he, he'd been searching and looking. And, and he knew his Bible. He knew the prophecies. And he would have known that the Messiah is supposed to come from Bethlehem. So how can he come from Nazareth? And so, man, Nathaniel has a legitimate objection. He's, you know, their service level, like, really? Can anything good come from Nazareth? But wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me the one we've been looking for is, is Jesus of Nazareth. But explain to me how that can be possible because the Messiah is supposed to be from Bethlehem. It is a legitimate question. 
It's a legitimate question. And listen, some of you, whether you're, you're not following, like a Christian following Jesus or you are, you've got legitimate questions. You've got the, can anything good come from Nazareth questions. I'm sure that's probably not your exact question, but there's questions like Christianity, can anything good come from that? I mean, haven't you seen what's been done in the name of Christianity, in the name of church, you know, throughout history? Can anything, you, you want me to believe in that? Like Jesus, you want me to, to be down with the whole Jesus thing? Like a guy rose from the dead, like the Jesus, the Jesus myth? Haven't we, haven't we disproved that by now? Aren't we beyond that? Isn't that an antiquated belief? You want me to believe that? Like maybe you've got some really legitimate questions and doubts and concerns. And so did Nathaniel. And that's why I love the way that the rest of that interaction goes down because Philip doesn't try to answer his questions. He doesn't, you know, rush to the defense and say, well, well, actually, you know, if you look at this and you look at this and, and let me open up to the scriptures and show you why it, it, it's this and that and, and let me try to argue. L look at what Philip does. Come and see. Hey, hey, Nathaniel, that, that, that's like, that's a legitimate question you have. Come and see. Just come and see. Nathaniel does. See, there's two sides to that. One, Philip doesn't feel like the need to like, I gotta defend and I, I've gotta answer all your questions. And he just says, you know what? It doesn't matter what I say. Come and see for yourself. But then Nathaniel is like intellectually honest enough to say, you know what? I am. I'm not just gonna write it off before I've even you know, done the work. And so Nathaniel goes and he checks it out and what he sees is he sees Jesus and he sees him for who he is. And he declares him to be the Messiah. And then Jesus tells him, dude, Nathaniel, that's my translation, dude, Nathaniel, we're just getting started. Like you, you've, you've not seen anything yet. You will see greater things. It's only the beginning. But we see this pattern. It's what it looks like to follow Jesus. I'm gonna see, I'm, it's one thing to hear about him and these guys hear about him, right? They, the, the first two, Andrew and John, hear about him from John. Peter hears about him from, uh, from uh, Andrew. Uh, Philip hears directly from Jesus. Nathaniel hears from Philip. Like they, they hear about him, but they, don't, they, they go and they see him. They see him. And then after they've seen him, they start following him. Once they've seen him and they followed him. They invite others to do the same. That's what come and see looks like. And I don't know who you are, where you're at, the joys of the internet, where you're listening to this. It might be live as we're doing it or watching it later. You're listening to it on the podcast. It might be years from now. But no matter where you're at or when you're listening to this, like you're somewhere on that journey. All of us are. Every single person is on the journey of, like, I'm either like, I'm in the process of, of seeing Jesus, I've seen him, I'm following him, and, and that's where we're at. I'm inviting others to do the same. And so let me just take a minute or two and just kind of tease that out a little bit. For some of you, you need to see Jesus. Like that's, that's just where you're at. It's like open up your eyes and see him. Because there's some of you that, man, you've got questions or doubts and you're like, you're like I, I don't know about the whole Christianity thing. I've, I'm a little skeptical. And you legitimately have reasons to be skeptical. But again, the invitation is to just come and see for yourself. Forget about what you've been told or what's been portrayed. Like, but have you actually, like, honestly, taken a look at Jesus and seen for yourself? Like, 
it, and it takes work, man. Open up the scriptures and get some books and find the historical Jesus and all of these things. I want to see Jesus. God, will you show yourself to me? Will you reveal yourself to me? Not what I've heard about you from a church or my upbringing or a Twitter rant or a Reddit thread or a message board. I actually want to know I, I, this is a big deal, so I should discover for myself. You're, you're at that point. What, look, you just need to see him. And, and there are others of you that, you're, man, you're followers of Jesus. You're Christians. But you really need to see him as well. To stop being content to just hear about Jesus, but actually see him. Because you've been stopping short. You've been settling for church. You've been settling for God. Again, I believe in God. What does that mean? been settling for, for sermons, but man, you need to see Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look, the Lamb of God. So you need to see Jesus. There, there, there's some of us, you, you've, you've been looking for something for so long. I'm telling you, he's what you've been looking for. You've been a Christian for maybe your whole life and you're like, is this it? Is this it? I've been, I, I'm, I'm looking for more than just a dead faith, more than just Sunday attendance, more than just cultural Christianity and culture wars and I go to church, I try to be a good person. Is there more than that? I say, look, look, Lamb of God, look at Jesus. And there, there's others, I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are some of you watching that you're looking for, for more than what the world has to offer. Because, let's be honest, you've tried what the world has to offer. And this isn't just a, you know, well, people who aren't Christians try what the world has to offer. No, most Christians are, are trying to buy what the world has to offer too. And we're looking for something. So I've been grasping at fame or success. If I can get enough likes and retweets and follows. If I can just have power, and maybe not power, but influence. I want to be an influencer. I want people to know that I have influence. I, I'm looking for wealth. If I can climb the ladder, if I can live comfortably, that's what I, comfort, comfort, comfort. I need comfort in my life. Man, if I can if I can just like satisfy myself, like, it's all about like my sexual desires and like maybe a different partner will satisfy what I'm looking for. Maybe I can find it in substances. Maybe I can find it in just the idea of progress. If I can be a part of prog progressing as the human race, then, then I'm just looking for something. I don't know where it's coming from for you, but we all buy into this, that like I'm looking for something and the world's feeding us lies. And it's like, if I, I'm just looking for something that will scratch that existential itch that I have. Because there is just that something that's like, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I'm looking. And every time I think I found it, it's fleeting. And I'll say, look, look at Jesus. Again, not church, not Christianity, not just a religious BS, whatever, but like, look at Jesus. Because every time we look at what the world has to offer us, of like, oh, maybe that will be the thing. Maybe that's the thing I'm looking for. Like, we get a little further down the line and we go, was that it? Was that really it? Because I'm feeling like I'm still looking for something. And there's this enticing lie that it's always, just always just a little bit further. A little bit further. Just whatever I need, it's a little bit further ahead of me. But are we looking at Jesus are our eyes on him, see him, see him, discover who he is. Listen, stop taking my word for it. 
I love you. I'm, I'm honored to be your pastor. But some of you are living off of what I have to say every week. Stop it. Like, don't take my word for it. Like, ask, ask Jesus through the power of his spirit that he would reveal himself to you. And then open up the Gospels and start reading. And read through the Gospel of, of John that we looked at this morning. John actually tells us that that's the reason why he wrote. At the end of his Gospel, he's like, I've written all this. He's like, I could have written a ton more. There's not enough books in the world to fit everything that Jesus did. He says, but I've, I've just given you a snapshot and written you a little bit. So that through what I've written, that you might, that you might know and believe that, that he is the Son of God, and in him you might have life. In other words, John says, I've written, I've given you this little snapshot so that you could see him for yourself. Ask Jesus through his Spirit to reveal himself to you, and don't just pray that, but then pick up the Gospels and start reading. And once you've seen him, you've got to do something with it. And maybe I'm naive, but I'm, I'm kind of of the belief that if you've seen Jesus, if you've really seen Jesus and who he is, he's really hard to resist. And so we're confronted with, oh, am I going to follow him? And man, that's where some of you are right now. That's the crux of the issue right now is, am I going to be serious about this or not? Am I going to follow Jesus or not? Because there, I can't do this halfway thing. Uh, you're at the point where you just need to be like Andrew and John. We're like, where, okay, Jesus, where are you staying? I want to be with you. And if you've seen him, and if you're following him, here's the really cool part. This is the fun part. I mean, I think it's all fun. I think it's all exciting. But like, this is like, this is where this is where we find purpose, and it's life giving. And it's like, I can't believe I get to be a part of this. That we get to invite others to do the same. I've seen Jesus. I'm following Jesus. Oh gosh, it's awesome. Now I get to invite other people to do the same. Are you kidding me? And, and that, that makes some of us uneasy. And I think part of the reason it makes us uneasy is because it's like, I don't know that, that, that it's that good of news. I don't know that we would say that out loud, but like we're living that way where it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like, listen, inviting people to follow, to, to follow Jesus, like inviting other people to experience what you've experienced, it's not inviting people to, into church or churchianity or religion. It's not inviting people to, hey, here's a get out of hell free card. That's, ugh, I hate that. Like, that's not what it is. It's an invitation to, I've seen Jesus. He's changed my life. Come check it out for yourself. It's good news. And dude, whenever we get good, I know I just gave you a dude in a sermon, but there it is. Like, whenever we get good news of any kind in life, you, we want to share that with people, right? It's like, I can't wait to tell you this is such good news. I don't want to keep it to myself. But I think one of the reasons why so often we do keep it to ourselves is because we don't think it's good news. And again, the, the only conclusion that I can come to, the only reason that I can think that we would want to keep this to ourselves is maybe we haven't really seen who he is. But when we do, we get to invite others to be a part of it. Say, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We, we, we need to be like Andrew going to Peter saying, hey, come and see. Come see for yourself. You need to be like Philip going to Nathaniel. Hey, come and see. Come and see. I found what I've been looking for. The one we've been looking for. The thing we've spent our whole lives looking for. I found it. Come and check it out. And I know it makes you nervous. And I know you think, I, I don't know enough. And I've not been doing this long enough. And I've still got questions. What if somebody asks me questions? And I'm not going to know the answer to their questions. And I don't have my life all together. And what if they call that out? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I need more time. I'm not prepared. No, you don't. 
You have exactly what you need because what do we see these disciples doing right off the bat? It's like instant. They didn't seem prepared. I mean, it's just instant. It's like a few hours after they start following. You don't, you don't, you don't need, you, you, it's, like, it's like the natural next step. It's just to say, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta let people know. You don't need to have answers. You don't need to convince anybody about anything. You don't need to explain anything. You're just inviting others to discover it for themselves. Just come and see. Yeah, but what about, uh, man, I don't have answers to all your questions. Just, just come and, and see. I found what I was looking for, and I, I think you might too. Come and see for yourself. There's all kinds of ways to do that. And one of the things we're passionate about as a church is, is trying to help you partner partner with you in doing that. And so a come and see invitation is, hey, you know, my church does this thing called Alpha, and I was kind of wanting to go through it. I don't want to go through it by myself. Will you, will you go through Alpha with me? That's come and see. Hey, we're starting our on-site gatherings back up on Easter. And look, I know you're not really like a church person or like, you know, I know you may not believe all this and that's okay. But will you just come with me? Will you just come hang out with me? I promise my church isn't like weird and we're not going to try to convince you of anything and, and get all weird and Christian-y with you. Will you just come and, come and see? Hey, you know, I, I know both of us are like wrestling through some life stuff right now and we're both looking at the world and we're just tired of all the garbage and the hate and and nobody's solutions seem to work. And I know we're just trying to work through all of that. Hey, do you want to start just listening to a podcast or, um, or reading a book together or, or watching a video together? And we can just get together for coffee and talk about it. We can both process that together. That's a way of inviting someone to just come and see. It's, it's an invitation of a journey to discover Jesus for yourself. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not trying to sell you. It's not a sales pitch. Just come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. We see him, we follow him, and we invite others to do the same. God, we thank you that like, that's, that's the simplicity of this invitation. Thanks for modeling uh, that to us, Jesus. And, uh, and whenever Andrew and John were like, hey, where are you staying? You just come and see. And, and we want to be that, those kind of people. Jesus, we, we want to see you clearly. That is, that's where it's got to start. And so for those of us that maybe we're, we're not so sure about the whole faith thing or Christianity thing, I pray that you would give us eyes to see you. For those of us that will call ourselves Christians or followers of Jesus, that, that maybe is an even more important prayer because it's so easy to start following you and think, I'm good, I know what Jesus is like, but God, I pray that, that you would allow us to see you every single day. Open up our eyes to see you for who you are, Jesus. And I pray that then through your spirit, you would embolden us to follow you, no matter where you call, uh, no matter where you're going, that we, would, uh, that, that we would just have that heart of, we just wanna be wherever you are. We wanna stay with you. We wanna be in your presence. We wanna follow you. And God, what a joy it is to get to invite others into that same thing. I pray that, that we would do that. Um, that, that we would receive and experience this good news and think, oh my gosh, I've got I've to tell someone else. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.